time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. I don't know how these last months have been for you, but for me, it's been almost an onslaught of getting all this news coming at me and it feels like I can't, you know, I can't stop. It's like I'm tied to the news. Now, here's the interesting thing for me. It was not long ago, let's say pre-election, that I pretty much avoided the news. Uh, not entirely, but I pretty much avoided the news. And I always had this discussion. I have a, someone who's close to me who is just loving the news, always watching the news, always digesting it. And I was on a news, news fast for years. News fast meaning that I wasn't watching any TV, any news on TV, wasn't reading any papers, wasn't doing anything that was going to uh, catch me off guard and load me up with lots of information. And this person was saying, well, how do you stay um, making sure you're updated? And my response was, you're assuming that there is some update that happens when you are watching the news. And I just don't think that's the case. I don't think you get updated just because you're watching the news. I don't think it updates you on the world. In fact, I said, if you'll notice that every day you turn it on, there's a repeat of the stories. It tells you about the natural disaster that happened somewhere, usually around the world. It tells you about some weird accidents that happened somewhere, usually somewhere else in the world. And it tells you about the struggles that are happening uh, in different places. And it gives you lots of visuals to convince you of this. And it can leave you feeling like the world is falling apart. And so I choose not to be uh, caught up in all of that. That doesn't mean I wasn't pulling in some information. And for some time, I wasn't. For a couple of years, I just chose not to even watch the news, read the news, or look at anything that was news-related. And, and believe it or not, I didn't lose track of the world and lose touch because the news is floating around us all the time. But slowly, I began to find some ways of taking in news uh, that weren't so bothersome to me. And I'm going to tell you why it's bothersome for all of us in just a minute. But at that point, I was just finding some sources that I could rely on. A lot of that was coming from third-party places, like I would listen to the radio. Uh, instead of looking at the visuals, I could listen to the radio and, and hear some news stories. I could find uh, some uh, headlines on the Internet. And so there are different ways I was taking in information. And then along comes the last about of a year. If you're like me, it's been about the last year when everything seems to be constantly pulling at you, trying to warn you of something. And I found myself sucked back into the news cycle once again. Not as deeply as some people, but enough that I realized that I needed to be careful because I think we all are trying to survive headline overload, where those headlines just keep on rolling and you keep feeling like there's just no end to the bad stuff. The news and the information comes at us from every single angle. You log into an app and you get it, whether you're on Twitter or Facebook or any of the other major apps, they've become news sources. In fact, Twitter finally said that they are a news source. For a long time, they were an opinion place where you could say your favorite 144 characters and then suddenly... Uh, they were trying to figure out who they were going to be in the world that was going to make money. And their solution was to say, we're a new source. And so people put in their headlines there and, and people put in all their information. And what ends up happening with Facebook and with Twitter and with online news services and with 24-hour news services, we are feeling like we have to constantly stay updated. 
Now, notice that that happens to us in some interesting, subtle ways. We, we end up being glued to headlines, as they call it on the internet, clickbait. You know, how do you amp up a headline? And this is whether it's true news or, as the term has been thrown around, fake news. You amp up the headline so much that it's irresistible to click. And the reason it's irresistible is because it sounds like something that that verifies what we already believe, or it sounds like something so scary that we need to know about it in order to stay safe. If you notice, that's really what clickbait does. It either verifies what you believe or scares you into thinking you need to know it. And so then we click it because we almost can't help it. We have to know what's going on. And all that sensationalized stuff... You know, it's very interesting how it's pumped up to get us there, eyeballs on the news. And there's a reason for that. That's what the news agencies work for. That's what Facebook is around for. The longer you're on a service, the longer they have your attention, the more ads they can feed you. And that's one of the things that I, I find interesting is that we've, we've lost the, fa- the fact that the role of news is primarily to sell ads, eyeballs and attention, eyeballs and attention. That really is the primary function of news services. They're not there to do an altruistic, let you know what's going on in the world. Secondarily, I think they all want to inform you. And I think most reporters spend their time trying to inform you. So it's not about the reporter's this is about the platforms. If you think about the, the news shows, if you think about the uh, networks, the, whether it's CNN or a primary network or Fox or wherever else you're gathering it or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, they want your eyeballs on them because that's how they make money. And so we get fooled. We get fooled into thinking that they're there to help us understand the world, to make sense of the world. But really, they want us there to make money off of our eyeballs. And when we forget that, we get sucked into their sensationalizing of the news so much that we don't remember the primary reason they're there. Now, the primary reason I believe reporters are there, and I've met many great reporters, the primary reason for the majority of reporters is because they're there to inform. So this is not against news people It's a fact of the platforms and what they need from us. And I'm not even saying they need to not exist. I'm saying you've got to recognize your role and how that affects you. The places that are presenting the news to you are just sources that you get to choose whether you're going to take in that information or whether you're going to resist taking in that information. So this is not even a criticism of the way the news is doing things as much as a reality check of what's really going on there. So don't hear this as a, we need to get rid of the news sources. I don't believe that's the case. I do believe that we all need to be very aware of what's going on. You see, there's this place in your head, in your brain, that is constantly scanning for information that will help you survive. It's a great trick of evolution that we have that piece. It's a great feature of our brain. So if you think of yourself long ago, your ancient self walking up to the watering hole, you're scanning the horizon for any possibilities of danger because you're going to have to get that water, right? And so there are are creatures that are there to drink the water, and then there, there are creatures there to feed on whatever's drinking the water. 
and you don't want to be in the part of the ones that are being eaten. And so you're scanning the environment for anything that's out of place. And we take that into our daily life. You know, when you're walking down the street, you tend to be scanning the environment for any risk. You come up on a dark corner and you're scanning the environment to see what's at at risk. You're walking down an alley and you're scanning the environment to see what's after you. You are walking into work and you're scanning the environment to see who's having a bad day, who's upset, who uh, may be uh, the ones that are going to jump on you. You're walking to the house and you're scanning the environment to see if everybody Everybody at home is in a good mood or whether you need to be cautious. That's our everyday life. Our brain is built that way. We call that the reticular activation system, RAS. The reticular activation system is just constantly scanning, trying to find the risk points. And then we throw in a little bit of news. And the news activates our reticular activation system because it thinks it needs to keep us safe. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. That part of the brain can't distinguish between the video on TV and you actually being there. So if you're seeing lots of of horrible things on TV and you're playing it out in front of you, that part of your brain is reacting as if you are at that moment at risk. Have you ever had that moment where you're watching some footage of some battle somewhere or some natural disaster somewhere and your heart starts beating a little faster and you feel the adrenaline a little bit and you get a little bit worried about what's going on and could it happen to you? Well, you can thank your reticular activation system because it's believing that what's going on in that video may be a threat to you, even if the actual event, the actual threat is all the way around on the other side of the world. Now, we play that up and we use it to our advantage when we go to scary movies. If that part of the brain wasn't losing itself to the visual experience, then watching a scary movie would have no effect. You can also see it if you maybe you go to an athletic event and you feel the adrenaline go because you're watching your team and your team is either triumphing or getting beat upon. And in either case, that part of the brain is experiencing it as if you are the one that it's happening to. So whether it's a movie or a scary TV show or an exciting TV show or an excitement in a sports arena, we all find that part of the brain activating as if we are the ones who are in the middle of that scene. We can't distinguish that. That part of the brain can't distinguish the difference between the two because it's so ancient. And so because of that, the news agencies know that. And so, you know, what they say, if it bleeds, it leads. If they have footage, it's going to be at the front end. And the more gruesome it is, as long as it's just below the boundaries that would be set by uh, watching television or wherever it's coming from, then we're going to look at it. Unfortunately, now we have the Internet that has none of those regulations by uh, the FCC or anyone else. And you can see even more gruesome things that your brain is imagining is happening to you right then. And your body is activated. And so we end up walking around in a constant state of what scientists call arousal, where we're worried and scared and frightened that these things that we're seeing are going to happen to us. And then to take it one step further, we create bubbles around ourselves that we don't even realize because the way the world works, the way those news agencies work, they know that they're fitting a certain group of people. And so they're playing to that demographic. There's the slant of the different networks. There's the slant of the different online programs. There's the slant of any news source 
that is creating more and more of a bubble. You'll notice that most people don't keep flipping between various viewpoints. They lock into their viewpoint and make it more and more their viewpoint. Research shows that in the last few decades, we've become more and more separated from the middle. The people have become more and more extreme in their views, and the reason is because of the bubblefication of our culture. We've bubblefied ourselves. When you go on Facebook, you're likely to be fed more and more news stories that are similar to the ones that you read before. And so if you're not reading news stories that are counter to what you believe, you will not see news stories that are counter to what you believe. And the more it feeds the other, the more extreme it pushes us because we keep finding the information that's verifying what we already believe or what we want to to think of as, you know, the next risk. And so we continue to create that bubble. It happens on TV. It happens on the internet. It happens in our life that we create more and more of an, a, a bubble that is, is hiding from us. And as we, that bubble hides from us, then we find more and more uh, of the information coming at us, matching exactly what we've already believed and what we've already seen. So it's verifying. The news is verifying and becomes a feedback loop. And the feedback loop is part of that bubble-fying of our culture. So how do we get out of that? Well, I have several remedies, five remedies that I would propose are ways that we can get away from uh, that uh, headline overload. The first thing is be careful of the visuals. When you're watching the news on the internet or on TV, be careful about the visuals because your brain is reading it as if it is happening to you. And so if we take away that piece, for instance, when I listen to the radio or I read just the print, it's a far different experience than if I'm seeing the footage. If I'm watching footage, it brings me into the experience and creates a higher level of arousal because my brain, the visual part of my brain is looking for how that is putting me at risk. So be careful of the visuals. It doesn't mean you have to always avoid them, but be careful. Be aware of what you bring in to your eyes because they activate a different part of the brain. Number two is limit exposure. Don't be perusing the news throughout the day because if you're feeling that headline overload, part of it is because you're exposing yourself to the headlines over and over. And so to be sure to limit your exposure to to some level, and I always suggest that you choose an amount and you plan it in your day. When I'm walking in the morning, I listen to some news stories, and then I change over to something else, a book or some music to listen to, because I want to limit my exposure. And then I try not to follow up too much the rest of the day. The third thing is to practice mindfulness. Whatever you're doing, truly do it. Whatever you're, wherever you are, to truly be mindful of the experience. Be mindful of what it's like to be watching that news. Be mindful of what it's like to watch, to be reading it. And if you're mindful, you'll notice how your body is reacting and responding. If you're just quietly uh, listening, then uh, you have an issue that uh, as your brain is getting filled, you're getting pulled away from your bodily experience. You ever notice these people who are are reading and eating and doing all these other things at one time and not seeming to be aware of the fact that all of that is compounding itself upon them? 
So be mindful and work on your anxiety. I've got some other podcasts. You can do a little search for the podcast on anxiety about how to manage that through breathing and other methods of dealing with your thoughts. So make sure that you deal with the anxiety that comes out of that as it's happening. Number four, avoid early and late exposure. I know people who turn on the news first thing in the morning, and it's the last thing that they're looking at before they go to sleep. So your body is coming out of a restful state, and the last thing it needs to be jolted into the scary world. And before you're trying to go to sleep, the last thing it needs is to be jolted into the scary world again that you can only then think about as you're sleeping. Generally, the news is telling us things over which we have no control, no power, no capacity of changing at that moment. And yet we start our day with that jolt and we end our day with a jolt. And I would just suggest that you might want to delay your exposure in the morning and cut your exposure off in the evening so that you have a chance to re-regulate your body to a calm place. And finally, number five, be aware and beware of that bubble. It follows us around no matter what we do. There's a place that that bubble is following us and be aware of it and beware. If you've got friends who have a difference of opinion on things, listen to them and see where they're coming from. Sometimes you'll notice that when we think the world is falling apart, other people think that the world is finally coming together. And when we think the world is finally coming together, other people think it's falling apart because the bubble keeps us reminded of our place of threat where other people may not be experiencing the same level of threat. So if you expand your bubble a little bit, be open to the other possibilities you know, may realize that we are a lot more resilient as a world, as a people, than we often give our credit, ourselves credit, and that we will survive. And finally, just to remind yourself of the fact that those things you can't control don't need to get as much attention. If there's something you need to do, then absolutely do it. But if it's just calling your attention, find some ways of putting that in the right place and realizing that the headline overload we're all experiencing is partly our own doing, and we can do something about it. If this has been helpful for you, I would love it if you would share this. You can, re- you can re- lead, leave a review on iTunes about this, or you can just share it and, and tell other people about this. Um, one way to do that is by going to thrivology.com slash love. That's thrivology.com slash love. And it creates a tweet, back to the Twitter platform, a tweet to let people know that there's some good stuff out there that can actually help them. You can share that with friends on Facebook and find other ways of doing that just on the webpage at thrivologypodcast.com. I would love it if you would share, and I'm hoping that you're finding ways of thriving more in your world. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.